hello and welcome back to Hubba Hubba Zing Zing, a podcast where a youngish married couple rewatches the Golden Girls and discusses each episode. Come along for the ride. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ben. Let's get ready to blow it out our tube and blurbles. Hi guys, welcome back to Hubba Hubba Zing Zing. Sorry, it's been a bit, it's been a bit hectic for us. So crazy. But we're back on and we thought about doing a Valentine's Day episode, but then we realized, well, there's only technically one episode of the Valentine's Day for the girls, literally called the Valentine's Day. So here we are back again. So we're going to save that for when we actually get to that part of the rewatch. So this episode is season one, episode six. The episode title is on Golden Girls. The air date originally was October 26th, 1985. And our episode summary, please. Blanche's 14-year-old grandson comes to Miami for a visit. It is so much more than that. Yeah. So let's get this trivia going. Billy Jane is the name of the actor who plays Blanche's grandson. He's supposed to be 14-year-olds. He is 14 years old. <laughs> He's not many 14-year-olds. He's one yeah. singular. To get some perspective on his age, he's only one month younger than my dad. That blew my mind. And technically, Ben's mom and my dad were born in the same year. So it's kind of weird because if you think about it, like we're watching this show and it's my favorite show. And literally the guy on it would be like my dad. It was like my dad could have been this actor. Billy has been credited in 76 different acting roles. He's most known for his roles in the shows Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Silver Spoons, Laser Tag Academy, It's Not Easy, and The Bad News Bears. Ironically, he has a role in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is a joke Sophia makes in the episode where she brings home dirty movies. And that's the one where Dorothy actually rents it and Sophia's disappointed because she was hoping it was a porno, basically. (laughs) So... Okay, anyways, he's credited in many roles under the name Billy Jacoby, and, or Jacoby, or Jacoby. I guess it all depends on how you want to pronounce it. His last acting role was in 2010. He's have, he has several guest spots on hit TV shows such as Days of Our Lives, Charmed, and Walker, Texas Ranger. He's won two Young Actor Awards for his performances, one in 21 Jump Street, and this episode of The Golden Girls, he won an award for his dramatic acting, and I think he did a great job. I think this is definitely um, an award that he deserved. He's also the younger brother of the actor who plays Dorothy's son, Michael. Yes, and he looks so much like Michael. And this time I was typing in my notes, I kept typing in Michael instead of David because he really looks a lot like Michael. I mean, obviously they're related, but it was it's kind of funny. If you don't know, you don't really see the the same the resemblance yeah mm-hmm. the resemblance but that after we found out yeah and rewatching it's very glaring. obvious yeah so let's get into this episode walkthrough this episode starts with blanche rose dorothy and sophia aka all the girls sitting in the kitchen during breakfast blanche is upset makes a comment and dorothy makes a joke about blanche having cellulite and to get over it as well as sophia piles onto this joke 
and says dimples are on these cheeks while pointing to her own face. Blanche tells the girls it's not that. She's not upset about that. She says that her daughter is having marital troubles and they're planning to go to Hawaii for a second honeymoon. Rose says that's great. Why are you upset? And Blanche says that's because her 14-year-old grandson David has to stay with them for two weeks. Dorothy is now annoyed because she thinks it will get in the way of her studying for her French exam. Which I want to point out, I think is rude. I think one, it's Blanche's house and you're a roommate in it. And I feel like that's really not your place because you're a roommate. You're, you're like literally, you have to be accommodating. If you have a roommate, you got to be accommodating to their family and friends coming by too. And it's funny that she says that because in the transplant episode with Virginia, she springs a baby on Blanche in the last literally minute. Literally the previous episode. Yeah. Literally last episode. No. Two no, episodes two before. Two episodes ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two episodes ago. So, it's kind of funny that she's got that double standard. Anyways, Dorothy then says it's hard enough to study with an 80-year-old in the house. And Sophia asks, are you referring to me? And Dorothy jokes, no, she means Cary Grant, who's living in their closet. <laughs> and Sophia corrects Dorothy and tells her that it, this is Blanche's family, and you help family out. As Sophia says, you do for family. Dorothy apologized to Blanche and says she's being selfish. Rose is excited, as typical Rose fashion, right? And lists off the things they can do for fun with David. She mentions going to watch Rambo and seeing, as she puts, Sly Stallone. Which is funny because I've never heard of Sylvester Stallone called Mm -hmm. Sly Stallone like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying I've never heard of it. Yeah, you're you're over a, here saying, yeah, like, yes, you have. And I'm going, uh, no, I'm I haven't. guy. Yeah, well, that's just not what I've ever called him. Anyways, and Sophia says, you'll love it. He sweats like a pig and doesn't put a shirt on. And as somebody that's seen Rambo can confirm, he sweats yes, like he a pig. Does. And he does not really put a shirt on most of they the movie. They just yeah. lathered him up in oil. And they're like bandanas and, I don't know, he's just yeah. oozing blood at certain points in the movie and stuff. Yeah, because he's beaten Sur- up and yeah he's surviving against <laughs> it's a good movie the point is yeah th- i agree with their beliefs on that yeah. but so the next scene sophia is complaining to dorothy in the living room about sharing her room dorothy is fine with it but sophia is peeved because dorothy is a terrible snorer and as somebody that lives with somebody that snores yeah. i can are you talking about willow Definitely talking about you. Oh. Willow snores and her snores are precious. Your snores. What about I, him? Yeah. Ben knows. He's playing dumb right now, but Ben knows his snores. I will literally reach over and close his mouth to stop the snores. And I just like, and I'll just keep doing it. And he opens his mouth right back up and I keep closing his mouth till his jaw clicks and he goes, huh? Wakes up and I'm like, close your mouth or turn the other direction. So he does either. Thank goodness. Anyways, so I really feel for Sophia because I live with this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rose comes in mentioning that she made a snack for David, the same one she used to make for her son, like a triple-decker BLT, a huge homemade potato salad, and like a huge slice of uh, double fudge chocolate cake. I'd be so excited. This for that. sounds delicious, okay? It but sounds fantastic. horrible for you. And yes. Dorothy then jokes, "Was your son going to the electric chair?" Yeah, because that sounds like a, <laughs> That's a, a last, meal. last meal. <laughs> I don't know. I saw an episode of I love Criminal Minds, but there's an episode where 
people are going to the to the electric chair and they're trying to save them from or save one of them from going because they're in they're actually innocent. So in the episode they're told your last meal cannot exceed twenty dollars. I'm like thinking about that, that does not exceed twenty dollars. It does if you have to buy all the ingredients for a double fudge chocolate cake, yes. Oh, well. Anyways, Ben does not know these prices. Okay, and it was a triple-decker BLT, which means the bacon is going to be very pricey. Mm. Okay. Blanche comes in the front door saying that she's been waiting for David and can't find him. She waited for everybody to get off the plane. She did everything she could have even called airport security and the police. The doorbell rings. The policeman drops off David who says he went to the bathroom after the officer said he was sure found he stowed away in the lavatory in Freeport, Bahamas. Blanche comes on to the officer who tips his hat at her before he leaves. Blanche wants to scold David, but she'll overlook the incident because she's relieved. Dorothy introduces everyone to David and says they've been so anxious to meet him, to which he replies he'll believe that if they believe the Bahamas story. Rose gets David to sit next to her and tells him she's been to the Bahamas once, to which she quipped, to which he quipped if it was on the Nina, the Pinta, or the Santa Maria. Obviously referencing Columbus's ships and his passage to the New World. He's calling her old. Yeah, very old. Everyone laughs except Rose, who doesn't get it and explains it was a DC-10 and she doesn't think it had a name. He laughs in response to her comment and says she's funny. He looks away towards Blanche and rolls his eyes, then says he's going to grab a bite to eat. He saw a burger place down the street. He thinks he might find, and I quote, some kids there. <laughs> Man, he's 14. He's 14, but that sounds like a weird thing to say. I'm going to go find some kids. I think he would say teens, right? <laughs> I'm going to go find some kids down at this burger place. <laughs> and Blanche tries uh, okay. to stop him since he just got there. Rose says, wait, you know, she's prepared a special meal for him. And he says, oh, tomorrow. He loves leftovers. Then Blanche asks as he's heading out the door when he'll be back. And he says, that depends on how late the guys from Miami Vice want a party. Which literally I wrote L O L because nobody from Miami Vice wants to party with a fourteen year old kid, and if they do, please lock them up. <laughs> that's that's the same sound. That's what he sounds like. What he's saying. I'm gonna go find kids at the burger place. It sounds weird. Blanche is shocked at his behavior and then blames it on his dad being a Yankee, which I think is funny because Ben is a Northerner and. We're going to keep, like, these Yankee stories we have to ourselves a bit. But let's just say we have definitely heard some people make comments about Ben's family and Yankees up north. And it has not been taken kindly. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so just caution to those in the south still calling people Yankees. Apparently it is frowned upon up north. I don't know. I mean, they have the New York Yankees team and stuff, so I feel like it can't be that frowned upon, but apparently the connotation, it really depends on how you're saying it in your sentence. Yeah. (laughs) So she then says that she should have given him some money, which I find odd. Like, uh, no, he was so rude. His parents gave him money. Yeah, I mean, obviously he has money. Where is he going to get these burgers from? Like, are the kids going to buy it? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) 
Sophia says that Blanche should have hit him and that she likes to lay into a kid with a melon baller and discusses like why she thinks the melon baller is good because it has a good weight in her hands and it's portable and another reason. But uh, Rose says that they were punished as children by being sent to milk their cow Alice. Dorothy asks what's wrong with that and Rose explains it's because you have to milk her sitting on a stool and Blanche says I thought that's always how you have to do it and Rose explains no Alice has to sit on the stool to be milked and she was in a nasty plowing accident and Rose segues further into the story about this plowing accident and Dorothy says to stop and save the story for David when he comes back and that is his punishment. All the girls get up to leave Rose, and that's the end of that scene. So, yeah. Dorothy and Sophia are in Sophia's room preparing for bed. Sophia is filing her nails. Dorothy's studying at the vanity. Sophia's routine is loud and frustrating Dorothy while she is trying to study. Dorothy is stressing that it's in two weeks. Sophia tells her you'll pass, and Dorothy responds she doesn't want to just pass. She wants an A. Sophia says that she was the same way in grade school. And that Dorothy's brother thought a book was to sit on. <laughs> Sophia is about to get into bed and tells her if her breathing bothers Dorothy to put a pillow over her face. Sophia climbs into bed and instantly complains about Dorothy making noise with her pencil. Dorothy gives up and climbs into bed. Sophia says to look at her and says to Dorothy, you're getting a cold, which she denies. And asks if this is the curse of the cad woman. Dorothy then asks what she's smelling and if Sophia is wearing anything and she says yes Bengay on her knees Vicks on her chest and deep peat on her neck and Dorothy makes a joke about her trying to pickle herself so she'll live to be 100 Sophia tells her fine I'll wipe it off and tomorrow I'll be in a wheelchair <laughs> so they say goodnight and Dorothy starts moving around like crazy in bed and Sophia says to keep it up and she'll need a Dramamine for seasickness right mm -hmm. And Sophia then clears her throat from post-nasal drip and annoys Dorothy further and then says goodnight. Dorothy starts to reminisce about getting into bed when she was a little girl having a nightmare about a bear eating her, which is just, she was like the bear dream. And then she said, oh, that I hated that dream. And Dorothy's, or, and Sophia says, well, bear's eating you. What's to like? <laughs> like Good point, mom. So they both mentioned feeling safe with each other and reminisce and Dorothy reminds Sophia of Sophia wearing Midnight in Paris perfume when she was little. And Sophia says, it's better than this, huh? And Dorothy says, this is nice. Sophia agrees. They pleasantly say goodnight to each other. And this just reminds me of, like, climbing into bed with my mom. Like, the older I got and doing that. And it was just nice. And I would toss and turn. And my mom was like, if you would toss and turn one more time, you're kicked out of this bed. My mom hated it. So I, did, I used to toss and turn a lot. I don't think I toss and turn as much in bed now. Um... And Ben can thank my mom for me. <laughs> I, I will next time. <laughs> next time we talk to her, I will. Because I used to just kick all around. <laughs> so, and try to get comfortable. So, I feel Dorothy on that, trying to get comfortable thing. But um, then they're awakened by loud rock music from outside of the room. And they rush out of the bed. In this next scene, David and some, and I put in quotes, friends are seen jamming in the living room to music and dancing around to whatever they're playing. Like, I mean, air guitars and drums, they look silly. They're they have pizza and sodas. on the coffee table with yeah. drumsticks. They have pizza and sodas, and I'm like, okay, so where did you go? Blanche asks what's going on. 
David says they're having a party and he found them when he went out to get pizza. So he left the house again to get pizza, pizza, disappeared. And Dorothy mentions that it's 2 a.m. And he throws his feet onto the coffee table and says that they need to lighten up. Life's too short, especially for them. He and his friends. Acquaintances. Laugh at them. Laugh at the girls. And Blanche scolds him. And Sophia threatens to get the melon baller. Rose stops Sophia from heading into the kitchen. And one of his friends makes a snarky comment to them as well about support hoes and not getting them in a knot. Dorothy says the party is over and everybody out. David is not allowed to leave because David tries to get up with them. Mm-hmm. And Dorothy says that she will give their names to every narc in the city if something is missing. A friend, again, gives a piece of crystal back to the girls and leaves. Gives it Which to Blanche. Which tells you the kind of people he's associated yeah, not, with. Not good guys. Dorothy tells David to clean up. And he responds to her saying she should clean it up herself. Blanche scolds him again. And he says, those are my friends you just threw out. What am I supposed to do here for two weeks? Just sit around and listen to your arteries harden? First of all. (laughs) First of all. (laughs) You're a jerk. I would have trouble containing my anger at this point. Blanche tells him to, and I quote, stop that. Dorothy Mm. says she's had enough of his attitude. He walks over. This is where he gets brazen because getting in Dorothy's face, you've got to be dumb. And then Sophia's face, you've got your glutton for punishment, okay? Mm-hmm. Or as my mom used to say, you're cruising for a bruising, okay? Literally, he is. <laughs> Literally. So he, Dorothy says that she's had enough of his attitude and then he walks over and then gets in their faces and then tells them to kiss his attitude. attitude. Sophia slaps him hard across the face. And the, this is so funny to me is the audience reaction. The audience is torn. They laugh and then they break into like sporadic applause. And then you see that David storms out on the lanai and Blanche is visibly upset. The audience quickly gets quiet like, oh crap, did we misread the cue? <laughs> like, what's our reaction supposed to be here? So, so Blanche is upset. Sophia says she improvised because she was not allowed to have the melon baller. Blanche snaps at Sophia asking if that's all you Italians know how to do, scream and hit. Dorothy looks pissed and is holding on to Sophia with both hands. Sophia replies to Blanche that no, they know how to make love and sing opera and the audience eats that line up. The delivery Estelle gave was brilliant, but Mm -hmm. also, and she does like this hand movement when she says like she's a proud Italian. We make love, we sing opera, and we scream and hit. Okay? (laughs) Heck yeah. She, she was proud of that. And Dorothy tells Sophia, you know, you had no right to hit him and walks over to apologize to Blanche for Sophia. Blanche says she feels awful about this and needs to comfort David. Rose looks uncomfortable and says it feels like the long day's journey into light. Dorothy corrects her and says night because it's supposed to be long day's journey into night. And says, you know, it's night, Rose, with a chuckle. Rose says, night, Dorothy, and walks out to go to bed. And the audience is cracking up, which they needed this comic relief because that's a bit of an intense scene there. So I tasked Ben with looking up the long day's journey into night because I didn't know this. So he is going to talk for a moment so I can take a brief break and drink some water. Yes, I am raring to go for this. Okay, so the long day's journey into night is a four-act play written by American playwright Eugene O'Neill. 
between the years of 1939 and 1941. It was published posthumously in 1956. It is widely considered to be... Posthumously? Yeah. Okay. Um, it is widely considered to be his magnum opus and one of the finest American plays of the 20th century. And he wrote this at the same, in the same time period as Arthur Miller, who wrote The Crucible and Death of a Salesman. Um, it is an autobiographical play depicting one long summer day in the life of the fictional Tyrone family, a dysfunctional household based on O'Neill's immediate family during his early years. James Tyrone is a vain actor and penny pincher, for example, um, just like his dad was. Um, I also pulled a really good quote from it. Um, it says, None of us can help the things life has done to us. They're done before you realize it. And once they're done, they make you do other things until at last, everything comes between you and what you'd like to be. And you've lost your true self forever. Okay. So it seems like a pretty serious thing, which is obviously what Rose is referring to. Yes. Sorry, I want to read this play. Anyways. <laughs> So, now we're at the next scene. Thank you, Ben, for all that info. You're welcome. I, I love old, old stuff like that. I got a little cheeky with my write-up in this because I'm like, David is brooding and pouting at the lanai with a dramatic stare into the night while Blanche approaches him because he really is. He's like hanging on the gate and looking kind of forlorn. So, she look, she checks on him and, and he says he's fine, but that he's never been hit before, which, again, I typed LOL in caps because... Who has not been? I think that most everybody's been hit, but I know that there are some parents that don't hit and that kind of stuff. Which and is Which is fine. I mean, obviously, like, don't hit your kids if you don't need to discipline them to that level. If they're going to listen to a timeout chair or whatever it is, great. And please, refrain from hitting your children. And don't just hit kids because you, you were can. hit. And you're like... I, it's not payback time. Just no. my dad gave me the some good advice and said not to hit kids. Do everything you can to discipline them before you get to that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that he regretted that we were spanked as much as we were. But I didn't need to be spanked much because uh, you hit Kaylee one time. That's enough for Kaylee to go. I don't like it. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> anyways. But he thinks that he should go home and says, she says he can't because no one can take care of him. And he says he takes care of himself. All his parents do are, they fight and they don't even know that he exists either. Blanche asks if he's told them, his parents, how he feels. And he says that they won't listen. And she says, well, I am listening. And he says, because you have to. And she says, no, that's not you know that's no that's not what i'm doing and he yells and says well you don't have to just leave me alone and storms off leaving blanche alone on the lanai um i know like <laughs> i'm doing this dramatic voice it was a great scene it was a touching moment i think it was important to hear that he's got trauma from home and that's why he's acting the way he's acting he's acting uh -oh. out for attention yeah. he just needs is craving attention. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, he doesn't care. He just wants attention. Well, the whole episode, it's littered with phenomenal scenes. Yeah. And phenomenal conversations that are really important 
life lessons and really important, I think it's, it shows really good parenting from all the girls. Yes. So now it is the next morning. All the girls are in the kitchen. Blanche is handed a list by Sophia and Dorothy of chores for David while they're sitting at the table. Blanche reads some off and says she can't ask him to do all of that. Rose is washing dishes and says, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And Dorothy is jealous of Rose getting such a good line in there. Mm -hmm. And... Blanche doesn't understand how that'll make him feel loved. And Dorothy explains he needs structure. And the chores might help him feel good about himself. Right? Build up the self-esteem. And she still complains about it. And Dorothy tells her to do what is best for David, not easiest for you. Right? And Rose chimes in that they had chores on the farm for boys and girls. And they felt accomplished. And that after all of her chores, she had to take care of her one-eyed pig, Larry. And Dorothy asks, what did you people do? Run a farm for handicapped animals. Which I mean, come on. I bet that Rose's family really would. She didn't like to put any of her animals out of their misery. She just loved them all. She loved them all. Anyways, so, um, and didn't she say she had a problem with, like, petting the cat too hard at one point, too? Like, she started, she loved animals at a very young age and had to learn how to treat them. Anyway, so I hope that's not why Summer handicapped. <laughs> she loved too hard. I love too hard. But anyway, so Blanche then has another excuse of Rose growing up in the country and David being a city boy. Dorothy scoffs at her and says that she's from New York and did chores. And she lists the chores. She made the beds. She did the dishes. She scoured the pots. She cleaned the bathrooms. She folded the laundry. She took out the garbage. Blanche is surprised and asks if Dorothy attended military school. Sophia says, no, she lived with me. Rose asks Sophia if they have chores in Sicily, and she says, they invented chores in Sicily. Crossing the street without getting a pregnant is a chore in Sicily. And Dorothy <laughs> tells Rose to never bring up Sicily. <laughs> Blanche blames herself for not assigning chores to her daughter, but then Dorothy says not to blame yourself or someone I'm not 100% sure it was Dorothy, but they said not to blame yourself, and she decides, you know what? You're right. It's not my fault. It's my mother's fault. So she blames her mom. And she walks out of the kitchen to give David the chores list, and Sophia explains to Rose how they got pregnant crossing the street, which was narrow streets and cheap Chianti, to which Dorothy just nods. We're at the next Uh. scene. It is later in the night. It's dark in the house. David is trying to run away. Dorothy was waiting for him secretly in the kitchen. She offers to make him sandwiches and asks where he's going and says that he'll take a bus and he doesn't know where he's going. And she says, well, what are you going to do when you get there? And he says, I'll get a job. And she points out it's going to be a bad one. You know, you're a 14-year-old. Like, what are you going to get? And says he's wimping out. And he asks why he should stay there since he has crappy stuff to do and that no one likes him anyways. And she says, buddy boy. And I quote, she literally said buddy boy. She did. This is one of my favorite quotes of Dorothy. Dorothy monologue right here. Mm -hmm. Life is full of crappy stuff to do. And you need to get used to it. Crappy stuff is everywhere. The president has crappy stuff to do. She points out that his grandmother likes him. Sophia likes him. Because she doesn't just hit anyone unless she cares. And that she also likes him. And he says life stinks. And she agrees. And she said things being tough at home stinks. And he can tough it out. Or give up. If he works it out there at the house, he'll have a place to stay when stuff at home gets even worse. He says he can't just go 
there whenever. I can't just like come here whenever to the girl's house. And she says, you can just like come here whenever. And he doesn't like some of the chores he's assigned. Gardening is fine, but hates vacuuming because he thinks it's girls work. And Dorothy renegotiates that she'll do the vacuuming if he learns English. (laughs) And I put LOL. I feel like that's a fair shame. (laughs) Yeah. And she says she'll fix him something to eat and they head to get food. Yeah. So that was a nice resolution and I think a good scene to see. I think he needed to get a disciplinarian. I think Blanche kept trying and scolding him like, David, stop. David. But it was like a feeble attempt. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that is a fantastic parent-to-child-like conversation between Dorothy and David. Mentor, more yeah. like. And I think her years of teaching also really mm-hmm. helped her to be equipped to have that conversation with it's, him successfully. It's a beautiful scene. She knew exactly what to say to mm-hmm. get to him. It's beautiful. So it was, it was great. And a, a breakthrough. So we're now at the next scene, a party with the girls, and David is being held out on the lanai. Blanche proposes a toast for Dorothy for getting an A in her French class. So, kudos, Dorothy. Congratulations. I don't know how to say it in French, but great job. I really have no idea. So, I took German. Sorry, guys. Anyways, and then Blanche makes a joke about teaching old dogs a new trick. And Sophia says to Blanche, and if anyone knows about tricks, and toasts Blanche back. And Dorothy thanks them in English and French. And Dorothy toasts David, who has improved in the past week. It's like a round of toast just going. And has improved in the past week. And he stands up to speak and he says it's been interesting. And it isn't that bad. And he asks if it's all right with them, he wouldn't mind living there full time. Blanche says that she'll have to ask his parents, and he says, oh, they won't mind, and he goes off to get ice cream. And Sophia offers to assist him in finding the hidden stash and urges Blanche quietly to call his mother. You know, Blanche asks Dorothy if she could call them, if she should call them, and Dorothy agrees. Mm -hmm. And then Blanche walks off to call them, and they have a phone out on the lanai, interestingly enough. Well, it is the 80s. Yeah, but you don't want a phone getting wet. So Rose then says to Dorothy when Blanche walks away that she doesn't want to send him back to an unhappy home, but they're grandmothers and it wouldn't be fair to be this old and have to raise children. Which, I mean, fair enough, but also... He's 14. He's 14. It's not that much longer. And if he had to step in... It's four years. It's four years. I think they could do it. It's four years. Yeah. So, uh and if it if like we had for some reason we had grandchildren that needed a place to live or something, or their parents needed help or whatever, I don't think that we would no, be like that. It. So I think that's kind of interesting because you would think that Rose would actually that sounds out of character for Rose, honestly, a little bit in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't think because she's always like, oh babies, you know, oh kids, oh you know. Yeah, I think she's more into the young, cute stage. I don't know, but I don't know. And but, not, maybe not so much the kind of, I don't want to say bratty, but the attitude yeah. of teenagers. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me a little bit because I was kind of taken aback that she would say that. But, yeah. I mean, she has a point and it is not their responsibility. So Blanche gets on the phone with her daughter, Janet, and she tells her that she's calling about David and says he's fine. And that matter of fact, he's so happy that he, she wants to keep David and raise him herself. And we can assume that Janet is getting upset because of the way that Blanche is responding to whatever's being 
said, air quotes, because obviously no one's on the other line, getting upset and, um, or is getting upset. And Blanche says, you heard me and says that David has said you spend so much time arguing with Michael, you don't have time for him. Janet gets upset and takes a tone. Blanche says, don't take a tone with me and insists that she's his mother and that they're coming to get him. And she says that I can't stop you, but if you don't start to treat him like he deserves, I will kick your uppity butt until hell won't have it again. And then hangs up the phone. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I don't want to be on the other end of that butt kick. No. <laughs> I don't know what hell won't have it again. Anytime. How bad is your butt that hell doesn't want you? <laughs> How bad is the butt kicking? That yeah, you're getting that hell's like no thanks no thanks <laughs> you're pretty messed up yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i can't do worse yeah I'm blanche sorry. says that she'll call blanche says janet will call us right back she needs to wake up the yankee aka her husband and the girls tell her nicely done dorothy agrees and says nice bluff and blanche says well it wasn't a bluff and she says she would love to have a chance to make up for the mess she made with janet and blanche leaves off the lanai and like mm-hmm. a sad walk yeah. away <laughs> you know like <laughs> transition music like she's so sad anyway so next scene this is it like it just wrapped up very quickly after this climactic scene and david is ready to go we find out he is going to join his parents in hawaii for the rest of their trip there so we found out during the toast that he'd only been there a week and so we can assume they have about a week left on the trip David makes a joke about not getting ignored on an island before and Blanche says implores him to listen to her and meet them halfway since they said they want to start over from scratch. Dorothy agrees and says if things get too tough he can always come live there. He hugs them all by in different ways which I thought was really sweet. Sophia has an extra special goodbye and fakes hitting him in the face after he calls her slugger. Uh, and I'm getting teary-eyed at this point because it's too, it's so sweet. And to see the rapport that they built in this week and it's just, I don't know, it gets me emotional. Blanche is also tearing up and tells him, run, run, to get to his car waiting for him out. And Blanche says that she hopes that he'll be all right and tells Dorothy it was sweet of her telling him that he could come live with them and she says she meant it and rose says it'll be quiet around here so it was really sweet i think to see all of them and the way in this brief little goodbye you could see the relationship that was built he did finger guns with rose you know he did the fake slap with um sophia the way he hugged dorothy and blanche you know and blanche getting teary-eyed you can tell they had a bonding experience for all of Mm -hmm. them i think that's really sweet and Ben said, Ben has a little comment about how they said goodbye. And I said that it seems like they are, they're saying goodbye to their child. And this is from me having to say bye to my parents when they go back up to Indiana, whenever they visit or when I was in college and they had to drop me off. It's just that I think it's emotional. Yeah. yeah and it's then always if, emotional. If you ever have to leave family or friends and you're far away after being with them for a bit, yeah, it's emotional. But I think it really tells the story of how their relationship has grown as well. So 
Sophia agrees that she won't have to listen to Dorothy snore because after Rose says it's quiet. And Dorothy denies she does it. And Sophia disagrees and said that she had to turn her away from the drapes to stop her from inhaling them. They all laugh and that's the end of the episode. I think it's a really sweet ending. It's sad to put a joke in there at the end. Well, I mean, they have to. It's the girls. It's a comedic series with some dramedy-like stuff, right? But I think, overall, it's a really good episode. We were excited to review this episode. Oh, yeah. And rewatch it. Um, I think that... I was kicking myself. Billy Jane did a wonderful job in his role. I mean, he this did. is very good. I mean, 14-year-old, he really, really did a great job. And, I mean, my mom always told me, you know, when you watch an episode and you get pissed at an actor and you just want to reach through the screen and slap them or something, that means they're doing their job. They're okay. doing a really good job. They are acting the crap out of their lines. Because if they weren't, like, you know, they're supposed to evoke an emotion from mm-hmm. you. And if you're not having an emotional reaction to something they're doing on the screen and in these scenes where they're supposed to make you angry or they're supposed to make you cry or whatever it is, nostalgic, right? This episode is so well acted. It brings me back. The nostalgia between Dorothy and her mom in bed brings me to my my nostalgia with my mom or um, just thinking about oh my gosh he he's making me so frustrated with how he's talking to them and his attitude that's right that's what he needs to be he needs to be a hormonal angry teenage boy and that's what he did he did wonderfully um and i think you know even in the beginning of the episode getting annoyed with dorothy she was supposed to be annoying that's why she had to apologize she was being selfish you know and um, Rose telling her stories about the farm and just different things. And you can relate. I'm like, I had these chores and these kind of things. And mm-hmm. I think it was, it was a really great acting job. I think the whole cast, everybody oh, yeah, did it was fantastic. great. I mean, we always expect them to do well. Also, Kaylee's fashion corner did not really crop up in this episode, except I have to say that Rose has now worn the floral dress several times. I mentioned it on the last episode, um, the black and floral And I believe in this next one, too, she's wearing it. So I'm going to have to double check when we watch our episode seven. But she's worn it a couple times now. And I still think it's cute. I'm just like. We did get we did get a long. Blanche rarely re-wears the same outfit. And I think the other girls recycle pieces a bit more. We got a long Ben. uh, Ben's trivia section or something. Little details. Yeah. But I think overall, it's, yeah, it was a great episode. It was really well written um, and directed. Um, And I think it was a solid episode. I think it's definitely an episode that would get people watching if they weren't watching before or keep them watching. Yeah. So that's it. We don't really have cheesecake chats this week because (laughs) we we spent money on Valentine's Day and... (laughs) We, we, could, we had expenses. Yeah, we had up. some bills pop so. up. So we will be doing Cheesecake Chats hopefully next time. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Um, like, subscribe, follow, whatever. Share, please. Um, you know, we appreciate everyone who listens. Thank you so much for your time. And we can't wait to talk about Episode 7 where we get to meet Augustine Bagadelli 
and yeah. see the sweet love he had with Sophia. And see just how competitive Rose is. Which I'm competitive. How far so will she go? I feel Rose in this episode, but I am not that far. Oh, no. But I have been known to really hurt friendships with my sore loserness of competitiveness. So I feel for it, but it'll be fun, guys. So tune in. And hear the embarrassing stories that how Kaylee has really lost her cool <laughs> and how I can understand Rose, but at the same time go, that's a bit too far. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.